You, you can be seated. If you're new here or a guest here, I'm Jeff Eaton. I'm the pastor here. So uh, thanks for being here today. We're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 today is our text uh, about the Lord being faithful. Um, Samuel took a stone and set it upright between Misphah and Shin, and he named it Ebenezer, explaining the Lord has helped us to this point. It became a memorial of God's faithfulness, and that's what we're handling today. So happy anniversary, 24 years ago, uh, this weekend, wow, uh, which takes me, takes me back. I was crazy, you know, uh, do we do this, do we not do this? And it was something I know the Lord had put on my heart back in 1994 uh, when we first came here that the Lord wanted to plant a church uh, also, you have helped plant 12 churches, not, we weren't the mother church. Now we consulted those churches, uh, several of them and helping them begin. Uh, then we did plant, uh, we, we did plant a church with, uh, my son, our son, Andrew, and, uh, today is their five year anniversary of being on UK's campus. Uh, so they're, they're celebrating. You, you might, you might want to go there. He said they're having cake in between the services. And, uh, uh, so I, I said, well, we're not, I said, we're not having cake. I don't celebrate that, that well as, as we, as I probably should. But, I, and then I thought about, do I have enough time to go over there in between the services and back? And then I thought maybe I don't, but we, uh, we welcome over 55 plus people today throughout our world are leading in ministry, they're preaching, they're executive pastors, they are worship pastors, they're in mission organizations. 55 plus people out of this church in the last 24 years are serving the Lord. They have been sent from here and they're serving the Lord in some capacity throughout our world. And we, we rejoice in that, uh, of being a sending church. Most churches wanna keep those people so that they can continue to grow their own, per, their own campus. And uh, we've wanted to be a sending church since the beginning, and uh, we continue to be that. And I, I, want you to, I want you to hear that, and I want you to feel that as well. I'm gonna be talking about this during housekeeping, but we have two trailers out in the, in the parking lot. One is a, a new trailer that we've taken on, a new ministry, and that is a shower trailer uh, that you'll see and uh, we, we will be keeping that here on our campus in our trailer bays, and it will be dispatched where it is, where it is needed. Um, we are, are a great location because we have 64 to the north of us, we have the parkway to the south of us, and we have access to two uh, interstates uh, left and right of us on 65 and 75 and it becomes a great location for, uh, for us to store them and then get them to where they need to be. So when the service is over with, you're also gonna see a, a, an information or a communications trailer. And we house both of those for disaster relief. I often talk about them. Uh, Jonathan Kitchen came up with the idea. He said, why don't we put those out there so people can see them? And I said, that'd be great. So you can walk through them. Uh, well, the communication trailer recently went to Katrina. Uh, and was there because the communications, the hurricane knocked the communications down and they are able to use that to communicate with emergency personnel and all kinds of people. So I, I just wanted you to see what you're doing in missions and uh, you can go out there and, and, uh, and look at those, okay? 
we're going to have a time of prayer together today. Thanks for being here today. Uh, and uh, we, we're going to celebrate by remembering what he has done for us. How God has been faithful to us even before we knew each other. And God has been faithful to you and he's been faithful to our church in so many ways. He's been so faithful and we want to declare that today. And then at, at the end of our, during our invitation, we want to remember him. I uh, pick 1 Samuel seven twelve. Uh, many of us grew up with a hymn that talked about, now I raise my Ebenezer. And when I was a little kid, I, I didn't know if we were talking about Scrooge or what we were talking about. I, I had no idea. I had no idea what, a, what an Ebenezer was. And uh, as you mature in the Lord and in his word, come to find out it's a memorial stone. And so I chose it today with our anniversary date. And um, it, it is a picture and it says in the verse that it, it means the Lord has helped us to this point. Uh, with, uh, with the people that we have sent out, I, I have taught them along the way about God's faithfulness. And one of the things I do in the teaching point is I've had people ask me, how, how faithful has God been to you? And my response is, what time is it? What time is it? And they'll look at, they'll tell me and I go, he's been faithful up to this point. And so you ask me that again, and I'll go, well, what time is it? Uh, he's been faithful up to this point, and uh, some of them will remind me of me teaching that to them. Samuel's leadership was always about seeking the Lord or even appointing and anointing the king. They came to Samuel at this point in, in chapter 7 uh, because they're needing a victory against the Philistines. And so... They were able, uh, God gave them favor and they drove the Philistines back. It says they went to a point, they went to a place between Mitzvah and Shin. And uh, if you're a surveyor, if you understand anything about surveying land, uh, these two points are locator marks. They are brought about as locator marks uh, to the, that they want to describe that this is the point to which we drove the Philistines back. In other words, this is the line where we drove them back to. And we wanna remember that God has been faithful to us. So Samuel took the Ebenezer rock and he placed it there. Some say it was an outcropping, maybe it was a, a rock that was already extending uh, in that point, maybe a part of the landscape already. Uh, and he named it Ebenezer because it means the stone of help that the Lord has helped us thus far. Uh, many believe there was probably a carving into that rock of the, of the word Ebenezer. And uh, what it means is it can mean two things. It can mean that God has brought us to this point where we drove the Philistines back. Or it is... Uh, that God has been faithful to us all along. And I'm believing that it's both. I, I, I see it as both, that God has driven us back to, to this point uh, or along uh, not too long ago. I, uh, I go back to Camelsville. Uh, when I go back, it's usually for a funeral. And uh, so I went back to Camelsville and, and uh, I was representing 
my family, the Eaton family, but also I represent the Wins, Julie's family as well, because me, mom, and papa aren't able to go back and make a visitation. So I, I go back and make those. When I go back, I, I see the beginning of uh, the Eaton family as far as Jeff and Julie is concerned. Uh, our first apartment was uh, at a funeral home. I, I, it was uh, over, part of it is over the garage, the double garage. It was an apartment. It was a furnished apartment, already furnished. And uh, then the other part of it is over the embalming room of the funeral home. So it's, it's kind of a little bit over the garage and a little bit over the embalming room. Uh, and uh, I, I said our neighbors were really quiet. It's what I used to, used to always say about that. But uh, also the phone to the funeral home was in our apartment because it originally was built for staff people to be able to live there and answer the phone. And this family, it's the, it's the Dabney family. They're just dear to us. They're like family to us. And so every time I go back, I, I see where Julie and I started. I, I see where we started living. And then there's times that I have driven around Camelsville to see where we progressed to this place and then our first home. And you understand all that, right? You, you understand all those situations. It's just a, a trip down memory lane. And uh, I, but my whole point in telling that story is every place I go is a still, it is still a memorial of God's faithfulness to the covenant of our life, uh, the surrender of our lives. It's a continual faithfulness. Listen to me. Even in your disobedience, he has still been faithful to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Even when you and I, the last thing on our mind was him. Even when we got mad that people brought him up, he still remained faithful to us. And I, I can't declare that enough. I can't declare it enough. So it is a place of memorial, of uh, confession. The Ebenezer Rock is a place to confess our faith and trust is in God, and we want to be able to remember his faithfulness. So I told you today uh, was, you were going to be blessed with the cards, right? Amen. You hadn't seen the cards for a while, and Sandy, I hope you really mean that. Uh, and and um, when, we were, when we were mobile, for those of you who are new to our church, we were mobile for almost nine years, eight and a half, maybe eight and three quarters we were mobile. Many of you all have been with us in that journey. We set up and tear down. We could go anywhere. We had it fixed. We had it. We did revivals. The Tyra was out on her circuit. Uh, we were preaching. Sometimes I was having as many as 10 to 14 revivals a year, even while we were leading this church. And I would take the teams with us. Uh, we would go, we'd take the trailer, we'd go, we'd set up, we'd tear down, we'd, we'd do what we could do. And we were all over the place. But I, uh, I remember early on, what are some things I can do to make reminders of how we need to be? Because being mobile is a lot of hard work. Getting up early, setting up, getting through the service, tearing it down, taking it back home in the afternoon. Um, many of you are new to us. We rented 30 different facilities. On Thursday nights, we were in the ballrooms in the Holiday Inn. Do you all remember those days? 
<clears throat> we had Thursday night church in Frankfurt in the ballrooms at the Holiday Inn. We still had to set up and, and do our ministry and then tear it down and go. On Sundays, sometimes we were not only in the middle school, we were at the Civic Center, Farnham Dudgeon Civic Center. And when we were there, we were around 12 to 1500 people being mobile. If you remember now, the Civic Center no longer exists, it's been torn down. Um, we were everywhere. Do you remember when we used to have new member training in the courthouse? Do you all remember that? Uh, I, used to, I used to stand where the witness box is. And uh, I remember the ACLU was going to sue us the, for being in the courthouse. And my only thinking, this was either really intelligent or just really stupid was, okay, let them sue us. That'll just be free advertisement for us. You know, that's just the way I looked at it. And, and so they, uh, they were going to look at us because we were in the courtroom and uh, we were holding it. Most people get the key to the city as something, as a dignitary or as something memorable, right? We literally had the key to the city in Lawrenceburg. I had a key to city hall. Do y'all remember that? And I literally, so I had to call the police dispatch to let them know, is this not Mayberry? I mean, it's like Otis getting drunk and going to jail, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I literally had the key to the front door of City Hall given to us. I didn't have to go pick it up each time. It was given to us. And I would go there. I would call dispatch. I'd call the police dispatch, let them know we're there. And then I'd call dispatch and let them know we're not there and we've locked up. And, I've, and I always had somebody with me to witness that, yes, the door is locked. Uh, it's incredible all the places that we have been. It's, it's just remarkable uh, what we were able to do during this time. But I thought, what, what can I do to remind our people on this journey because we were everywhere. The only time we were together is on Sunday morning and we were everywhere is I created the cards. So the first card is a journey card. And the journey card is I would holler out to Hope Church and you all, uh, Hope Church, where are we going? And the response would be what? We don't know. We don't know where we're going. And uh, you think that's not biblical. It's incredibly biblical. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. This is about Abraham. Now, hang on. Abraham is the father of our faith. He followed this unknown God, okay? He's the father of our faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place where he was going to receive an inheritance. We all woohoo for that one, right? He went out not knowing where he was going. Do you see that? And you're, you're saying, I'm supposed to follow this guy? Uh, I, he didn't know where he was going. So we really don't know where we were going. We're living in seasons some of us never picked for our life, even imagined for our life. We, you can predict it, your future as much as you want, but it's, it, is, it is a journey. We don't know where we're going, uh, and, but it doesn't mean you're not being led. Just because you don't know where you're going, and we have trouble, all of us who are control freaks, I said us, because I don't know anybody here that probably isn't, uh, in that we want to control our own journey, which actually becomes a hazard to us. And we don't know where we're going. There are seasons of your life ahead of you that you know nothing about. Nothing. 
And they are seasons that you have never planned, ever. But I wanna remind you that God will be faithful to you in those seasons. He is faithful through all those seasons of our life, whether anticipated or not, he is there. The world tells you, this is one of the world's lies. The world says to be a good leader, you have to know where you're going. I laugh sometimes. Young pastors come in, they're interviewed at their, at their new church, and they've not even been there a weekend, okay? Do you understand? This is the trial sermon weekend, right? They've not been there a weekend, and some deacon will ask them, well, what's the seven-year plan for our church? Are you kidding? Seriously. Uh, my, mine would be to dodge people like you. Uh, probably, that's one of my seven year plans is to just plow around you a little bit. But you see my point? We think good leadership knows where they're going or they're able to predict their future journey. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that good leaders know where they're going. This great leader here, a follower of faith, had no clue where he was going but he was being led and he was being led by the Lord. I wanna tell you, it takes a lot of pressure off when you, learn, when you learn that truth. Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice. You wanna finish it for me? And they follow him. Uh, he is leading, he is leading us. The second card is uh, one that I would have to stress over and over and over and over, and that is just be obedient. Uh, I know the Lord has obedient steps for me. Uh, my next steps may not be your next steps, but he has obedient steps for all of us to take. And Acts chapter five, verse 29, says that Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. That, that has, that's a mandate for us. Uh, Samuel, who we used in the beginning of our sermon, Samuel said that obedience is greater than sacrifice, that we've got to be obedient. Early on, uh, a lot of churches weren't being planted in that section of the 90s here in Kentucky. We were, we were one of the first to renew church planting in the state of Kentucky. And uh, we were getting a lot of attention I didn't like. I don't, I don't really like that as much as you think I probably do. And uh, so some national magazines were coming to us and they wanted me to write an article. And I wrote an article and I, I have it in our office, uh, down here, our church office. And I, it was a story about our church uh, and about what we believe, a lot of things, what we were doing, mainly about our mobility. And I entitled the, the article, Crazy People Follow Jesus. Do y'all remember that saying we used to have? Crazy people follow Jesus, and when you do, you see and do crazy things. But they're kingdom things. Kingdom things can look like crazy things to a world that doesn't understand. Be obedient. Some of us have a collective obedience that we need to do together. But you personally, my next step of obedience may not look like yours, but it's meant for us to take them. Take those steps of obedience and then to be obedient. 
And uh, because you're who you are and you would be who you are no matter what congregation I'm talking about, we have to be godly. We have to be godly. Uh, remember this, Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, I, I say it distinctly this way, when you're, when you're mowing your yard or anybody else's yard, you need to act like it's his yard. I, I had a businessman say to, to me this week, he said, you know, when I do something, I just act like it's his. And I said, that's a kingdom way to go ahead and live your life. Be, you, we're godly. We do all to the glory of God. We go the second mile. We're hardworking people. I think you get the picture. Uh, the next one is the one that we have probably used more than the journey card. And that is the good old flexible card, right? Figure it out. Just figure it out. I, uh, I used to do, I, I still duck hunt, but I used to do a lot of duck hunting and I used to do some outdoor shows, television shows. So my, my dog Rev, who was a great dog, he's no longer with us anymore, but Rev, uh, it was his first hunt ever. Uh, uh, he'd been trained, highly trained, and it happened to be a hunt that is going to be televised. And uh, the, the guy that was there, Mr. Lewis, he was filming all of it. Uh, we went through the hunt. It was down in Mississippi. And uh, we went through the hunt. On the way out, uh, it's water that's about knee deep. And so my dog, Rev, didn't have to swim. He could walk through it. But it was pretty much chest high up to his chin, but he, he didn't have to swim. And he got tangled up into the decoys. And so they were, they were wrapped around his back leg. And every time he'd take a step, those decoys would beat together on the water. They're still floating. And he'd turn around and look at it, you know, and he'd step and turn around and look at it. And uh, I, uh, I said to Jimmy, one of the guys that had helped train my dog, Rev, I said, Jimmy, what do we do about that? I said, how are we going to get him out of that? And he goes, I don't know. He said, uh, figure it out, Rev, figure it out. I have, used that ver I have used that line so many times. Some of you have come to me going, what do I need to do? And I go, figure it out, Rev, just figure it out. I say that to our staff sometimes. We'll figure it out. That's, that's called being flexible. That's one reason, this is one reason missions are so incredible. And not only you going, but you're going to go on a mission trip sometime and you've got all these plans before you go, right? Down to the letter. What usually happens on a mission trip with your plans? Throw them out the window, right? One, one missed plane can mess it up, right? So you, you come back and go, man, God was awesome. Why? Because he took your plan, watered it up, threw it out the window, and then he showed you his, right? And he showed you his faithfulness. That's why you're flexible. You're going to come to me sometimes with answers, and I'm going to go, figure it out, Rev. Just figure it out. Why? Because God will lead you in that. We're under his leadership. Be flexible. Be incredibly flexible in what we do. Don't complain. Don't just, let's just figure it out we will be able to figure it out, all right? It becomes important for us to be able to be there. Here's the verse with this, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. 
Paul has figured it out. He's mentioned in many seasons of his life, but his focus is to still advance the kingdom. Don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I have or I am. I know both how to have a little and how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content. Whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether another church is having cake in between services or not, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me, or you learned it, who gives me strength. Don't, we'll figure it out. You're gonna come up to me with policy and, and you, those of you who know me, that word alone in, in connection with me should make you laugh, right? We'll figure it out, right? Let's, we'll figure it out. Well, this is not happening like I planned it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yesterday I was teaching a Hunter Ed class in, in, uh, in Jessamine County. And uh, the, uh, we were doing the range portion and a lady got mixed up on where to be. And I think she was embarrassed by it. It didn't matter. But she came in and, she, I, I, and so she's explaining to us. I said, ma'am, it's, 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 it's okay. You know, it's okay. We're gonna, we're, we're, you're here, you're safe. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get all this done for you, you know? But it wasn't matching her plan. Ladies, you understanding? You, you, you being a little more gracious to us guys, ladies. Ladies, hey ladies. <laughs> ladies, yeah. Hey, all, all of us, let's settle down. We'll figure it out, right? We'll figure it out. I may not be able to have all your answers, but let's be flexible and we'll be able to figure this thing out together. Another one that usually would make you laugh is the patience card. Patience card. Um, Psalm 4610. I use, I use this, you and I have learned that, is be still and know that I am God. Which There's nothing wrong with that translation. This one just comes a little deeper. The actual phrase, be still and be still, means quit wrestling with it. It means quit fighting it. In know that I am God, exalted among the nations and exalted on the earth. Um, the scriptures tell us those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You, you need to know that at times when we are being still and quit wrestling with ourselves, quit wrestling with control, all those, these can be some of the most progressive times of our life of where we grow in the Lord. He's there, he is faithful. And in, 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 in the light of our last card, uh, that uh, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. That's who he is. Another one that I would give, we're not a church that's much on titles. I, I remember uh, I was writing for my dissertation in the office on a Friday, I'd sent everybody home and I was in flip-flops and cargo shorts, uh, old t-shirt and a farmer's hat, a trucker hat. And so I was there, I was there riding in, on a Friday and UPS made a delivery. And uh, so I went to sign for it, I had to sign for it. And so the guy said, do you mind if I ask you some questions? I said, sure. 
He goes, uh, do you know the pastor here? I said, yeah, I've known him all his life. <laughs> and they said, uh, well, do you like him? I said, yeah, he's, he's a pretty good guy. He's a pretty good fella. And uh, said, so do you know where he's from? I said, yeah, I know exactly where he's from. And he just went on. I never let him know that I was a pastor of this church. <clears throat> I never did tell him that. I was in Walmart and a lady, it's when Hope Church started and everybody was calling you Eat Nights. You remember that? And there's all kinds of rumors going out about us. And uh, I uh, was in Walmart and this lady she said, do you, do you know about that Hope Church starting out there? I said, I know a little bit about it. And she just starts blasting us, you know? And uh, she says, do you ever see their pastor? I said, occasionally, I do. <laughs> never, I never, I just let her go. I never, I didn't defend us. I just let her go. Um, and and uh, obviously didn't recognize, we're not big into titles here and that's on purpose. Because uh, do we have people who serve as elders in our church? Of course we do. Do we have people who are deacons over areas of our, of course we do. Absolutely. They, they rise up naturally. You, you don't get people and make leaders out of them. You find leaders and then let them do their leading. That's what you do. And so we get rid of the titles because titles can produce ownership. And it can give you a sense of power and authority that you actually probably don't have. And we just stay away from titles. We just don't fool with them much. Uh, but James 1.1 is a verse that I use a lot as your pastor. And uh, I believe that James, the brother of Jesus, wrote the book of James. A lot of reasons why, but I won't go into that, but I do. And I, I want you to know, he says, I'm a slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's writing to the 12 tribes that have been scattered abroad. He says, greetings. I want you to notice that James does not say, I am James, the brother of Jesus. I want you to know he doesn't say, I am James, the pastor of the first church of Jerusalem, which he was. I, I am not James who leads the council of churches in the area. He uses none of that. He could have used all three of those and he could have used them to his advantage. He could have branded himself, especially by saying, I am James, the brother of Jesus, but he chose not that. What did he choose to describe who he was? It's a slave here. The word is servant as well. I, I choose to be a servant. There's no greater title given to all of us in this place than that of being a servant. I remember when we were mobile and uh, we, uh, we looked like a, a truck depot at the middle school with all the trailers being unloaded. Uh, and I can remember it wasn't long to certain people decided, well, I'm gonna start loading up this area and this area and they did it. I didn't have to tell them. I remember when they're going, well, since we have this, it'd be better if we fix something to put these tables over here. And they just went on and started putting those things together without my leadership whatsoever. They started designing, building things where they could slot. Jeff McElwain, you were involved in that. Uh, a lot of people were, were able to be able to do that. It became incredible. I, I loved when we were mobile. Now, could I do it today? Probably not, uh, probably not, but I loved it. And one reason I loved it is because we can be a fussing people, right? 
Yeah. And so when we were mobile, uh, somebody would have a little complaint and I'd go, hang on just a minute. Could you get that table right there and take that over there to the trailer? You know, I could just say, we're not going to talk about that complaining. I need you to pick up these chairs right now and see if you can't move that back. And we wanted to leave it better than we found it. But it just becomes... One thing I miss about our mobility is the, the servanthood of people just finding out where they should go without me having to tell them. Uh, and figuring it out and doing it with incredible excellence. Listen, let's not let that stop. Are we a church with holes? We're Swiss cheese. We got some holes bigger than others. The church you attend is exactly the same way. So help us fill those in. Find, find areas where you can go and you can serve and you can absolutely build it up in an incredible way. So if we're not a church about titles, then uh, we are a church about testimonies. And uh, testimonies are very important. Look at Revelation 12, 11. In Revelation 12, 11, it says, uh, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives in the face of death. Two things that, con that, that conquered the enemy, two things that conquered the enemy is the blood of the lamb that was slain, which we're gonna remember here in just a moment with the supper and the meal, and by the word of their testimony. It becomes incredible of what he has done, how he has empowered you, how he has led you. It should be in the middle of all of your spiritual conversations when you do the hope arrow. But, and what is our testimony about? It was my prayer earlier on. Our testimony is about who Jesus is. He should be, don't be talking about church stuff and what this church is doing. Make your conversations about him. Uh, look at Acts chapter four, verse 12. It says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to people and, and we must be saved by it. Every man, woman, boy and girl that's ever been saved has been saved through the very person and, and, uh, and, and by the name of Jesus himself. Listen, I, I wanna thank you all. I can't thank you enough. Some of you are new and I, I wanna say this to you. Some of you have only been here since we've been here. Some of you are new. I never want to think that the people who were mobile with us are the real Hope Church and you're not, you're secondary. I never want that to occur to you because I don't think that way. Now there are those of us who've been here a long time who have more memories that are going on over what God has done. But for all of you who have joined us since we have, were mobile and not mobile, listen, you're a part of the Hope family. I want you to know that. And I, I don't think of you as not the, one of the real hopers, okay? I, I don't wanna think you're part of us. Help us, help us advance the kingdom. We just don't wanna exist here. We want to make the name of Jesus known throughout all the world. We are not called just locally, whatever church you attend, if you're a guest here today, whatever, all churches are called to the nations. And let's, next time we meet, let's have 110 cent, okay? Let's, let's continue to do that. And uh, thank you for being a part of who we are. And today, as we remember his faithfulness, uh, we're going to remember his faithfulness of giving us his son, Jesus. If you are, are here 
and you're, uh, you're visiting today, you're a believer, you're welcome to the table. We practice open communion. Um, I, this, is, these are, this is not my table, this is his table. And so you're welcome to come. We take the bread and the drink and we remember his body and his blood that has been given and shed for us. Uh, I usually keep it in the altar and do it. You can take it back to your seat. Uh, I'm not, you don't have to wait on me and we all take it together. Sometimes we do that. We're not doing that today. But let's remember his, God's gift to us in the person of Jesus and how faithful God has been to us in so many ways, but especially this way. We can sit here today uh, as forgiven people, free people in the Lord. When I say free, I don't mean nationally. We're thankful for that too. But I mean free, free to become everything that he has created me to be, everything that he can imagine us to be. And let's remember the gift of Jesus, the cross, him paying that sacrifice, but let's remember his thankfulness today. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray over our people today. We come on the invitation of you to the table. We come to repent. We come to confess. We come that not things will be better, but things will be new. Uh, we pray for the newness of life, Father. And we thank you for the gift of Jesus we thank you for his penalty paid, our penalty paid on the cross, taking on your wrath, <clears throat> dying in our place. We say thank you. And we remember Jesus today because without him, nothing from you would be possible. All that you give us is through him. And today we receive and we remember. We thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for his shed blood. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, amen. Church, would you stand with me? Logan's gonna lead us. You come at your leisure and your time, but come to the table and let's remember. Do, he said, do these things in remembrance of him. And as we remember what he's done, let's remember his faithfulness. You come.